Hi guys, this is Crime Connections, and we're your hosts. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jackie. So today we're going to be discussing two cases that involve children that spent part of their eternal resting in a kitchen freezer. Now let's get into it. So many times when parents find out that they're expecting, they are excited, there's the unknowing, they're not sure of how exactly they're going to you know, financially take care of this child, whatever it may be, they're nervous. And a lot of times there's just that unknown. But in the case of Alex Michael Cervantes, his parents knew exactly what they were going to be doing. In November of 2011, Kenesha Pruitt and Antonio Cervantes' family suspected that Kenesha was expecting yet another child. So at this point, they already have a 14-month-old child. And... It is unclear if they have custody of this child because it is a minor, so we couldn't really access what has happened with this child. However, um, they do have another child that's 14 months old at this time. On January 30th of 2012, Kenesha gives birth to their second child, which would be later named Alex Michael Cervantes, in the bathroom of their Payne Avenue East Toledo home. When Kenesha gives birth to Alex, she then passes him to his father, Antonio, and Antonio holds him while Kenesha is cleaning herself up in the bathtub. When she gets out of the bathtub, Antonio passes the child back to Kenesha, and she then holds the baby underwater. When she notices that this isn't really doing the job that she's hoping it does, she gets shoelaces from Antonio and then ties the shoelaces around this baby's neck and after all of that they wrap the child in a towel and saran wrap and place that child in their freezer. They continue to live their lives day in and day out for about a month and a half before they decide to part their ways, part their separate ways and they each move into a different place. But on April 13th of 2012 Irene Gonzalez comes into the place that they were sharing together to clean it up and get it prepared for the next tenants coming in and when she goes into the freezer she notices a strange package so she opens it up and a limb falls out she immediately realizes that this is a small child and she calls the police yeah and the police got there around 8 p.m and then they stayed on the scene until about 3 a.m the next day and when they realize who these tenants are they actually arrest them the following day on April 14th and they hold them in jail on a $1 million bond on the charges of child endangerment. So after the autopsy was concluded that it did belong to them, they also concluded how the child had died and he died from submersion in water and ligature strangulation. And there has been many speculations that the child had hadn't been dead when placed in the freezer. However, there's no um, truth to that statement. So I'm not going to come on here and say, we don't even know if he was dead when he was put into the freezer. But I I would like to say that there's going to be a lot of articles, if you look this case up, that do say that he wasn't. And there's also a lot of other articles as well that only have bits and pieces of the facts. But a lot of our information we found from court documents and the blade and other very um, accredited sources. So um, just keep that in mind when you go and look it up because you will find a lot of um, back and forth things. 
but they never actually bond out because they end up upgrading the charges. They're going to be different charges for each person, so I'll get into that in just a second. However, um, I would like to say that they upgraded the charges pretty quickly, and we're going to start with Kanisha's. Nearly a year after the newborn was found in the freezer in the East Toledo home, um, Pruitt pled guilty in the Lucas County Common Plea Court for aggravated murder, and because she pled guilty, the uh, charges of tampering with evidence and abuse of a corpse were dropped. And at this time, I would like to mention that Judge Linda Jennings was very upset when she was taking care of this case. She even asks Miss Pruitt, how could you do this? Judge Jennings demanded, how could you carry this baby inside of you for nine months and feel it move every single day and kill it? How could you do this? You committed one of the most heinous acts imaginable, and if it could be any worse, it would be made worse by the fact that you planned it. So she, she knowingly has admitted that she had planned in court herself that she didn't want this baby and that her and Antonio's entire motive before this baby was even born was to terminate this child. In a barely audible voice, Miss Pruitt admitted that she put her newborn baby underwater and that she tied shoestrings around his little neck and she killed him. So the father, Antonio Cervantes, was 18 years old at the time of this crime. He was charged with involuntary manslaughter, tampering with evidence, abuse of a corpse, and child endangerment, and ultimately charged with involuntary manslaughter and sentenced to 15 years. And he's to be released in 2028. However, while he was incarcerated um, for the original charges of child endangerment, he was involved in a riot where he and four other inmates attacked someone. He received six months for this act, and he is to serve those six months consecutively with the charges that he received from his son's case. When we talk about Antonio, because there wasn't much to find about Kanisha online, because we did use mostly um, just articles that we found online about this, um, Antonio had a lot of people come to his aid. They spoke about how he was doing, and his father even spoke he he has struggled a lot in school but he had just graduated and he was doing really well so this came to a shock to everyone that he was involved in this and even allowed it to happen yeah there was so many people that had wrote in and said on his behalf like this is not something that is in character for him he is a good kid he is this this and this and i think it just it was really upsetting to everyone involved, but especially to the people that were involved in Antonio Cervantes' life. Yes, they spoke very highly of him and were extremely shocked to hear that he had been a part of this. Yeah. So when they asked if he had anything he wanted to say to anyone, this is what he said, and I'll let you go take it away. Yeah, so Cervantes said... In court, he's wanted to thank his family and friends for their support. He, I quote, said, I apologize to them and I especially apologize to my son who this happened to. He had said, I know what I did was wrong. I take full responsibility for what I have done, which, unquote, there right tells you he acknowledges that it, one, that it was his son. Um, to me, he sounds sincere, sincere and sad that he had done what he had done. And he was even involved in anything. But if you would like 
to compare that to Kanisha's apology that she, when they asked if she had anything she wanted to say, she yes. said. So during the whole trial in multiple um, articles that we had read, she was very quiet when she answered any questions that were asked towards her. And she only ever really responded yes to the things that she was asked. She didn't give any further details. It was almost as if it was an inconvenience for her to be there. Yeah, and she said, I want to apologize to my family and to the baby's father's family. Period. That is all she had said. When she was asked if she wanted to say anything, that's it. And right there, she says babies, but she doesn't acknowledge that she had even killed her own baby like she wasn't it's I don't know to me it's very strange that she just didn't say I'm sorry to my son who I killed and Cervantes was clearly thinking about his son when he thought of what he wanted to say well and so Cervantes which is weird about this entire case is that they weren't charged together because in most cases if you are committing a crime together you are charged together but they didn't do that in this case which I thought was interesting so Judge Jennings was very upset and I think it was just because Kenesha Pruitt was not demonstrating any kind of remorse she wasn't really that upset about it and she didn't even really comment that much on it besides answering yes to the question she was asked but Jennings had mentioned Judge Jennings had mentioned you know, you are eligible for parole in 20 years, but I'm not going to guarantee that you're ever going to get out. Like yeah. she, she was very upset and, and as she should be, because the fact is, is like in Ohio, there are safe haven laws. And they had even mentioned this after the trial proceedings that as long as the child is 30 days or under, you can take them anywhere without any repercussions no one's going to try to look for you as long as that child is under 30 days old and is not harmed you can drop them off at a police station a fire station anywhere and like in ohio there's just they would go into the foster system and they would be adopted they wouldn't there's there's no reason for in ohio anyone should have their baby in a freezer because they those laws are in place for a reason exactly and maybe they didn't know about them but either way there was other ways that they could have taking care of this if they truly did not want their baby but when they were even asked like did you plan on terminating your child they both said yes and Cervantes judge um the judge's name is Myron Duhart 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 I I'm sorry I don't know <laughs> Myron Duhart I hopefully I pronounce it right I'm so sorry if I didn't um he even had mentioned you know you're this baby's father. You are supposed to protect your child. As a father, you did this child a huge injustice and basically called him out because he didn't do his job. Like if you father a child with someone, you have a responsibility not only to that child's mother, but to your child more than that to make sure that they are safe and they're yeah. in good hands. And he aided in the termination of that child's life. And in both cases, no family members wanted to comment on any of that but what I would like to say is I know that this entire situation was a very terrible incident and there is no reason for any of it to happen however when the community did hear about this case it upset them and rightfully so I mean we were a part of the community but we were way younger yeah but the community as a whole came together and they 
started fundraising to make sure that this child got the proper burial. They had a funeral home donate a casket and then as a community people raised money so that the child had a proper burial. And at that time um, is when he was named Alex Michael by the paternal grandmother, which would have been Antonio's mother. Mm-hmm. And just as like another thought as well, it's crazy to me because if they would have taken the baby with them or done anything other than leave that child in the freezer, yeah, they could have potentially gotten away with murdering little baby Alex. So honestly, thank God they forgot. Yeah, because thank, thank God they didn't have the decency to take their child because they were caught then. Well, and what's crazy is did they truly believe, did they have no disregard for that living being that they just had to leave it behind or did they think that they were never going to get, like maybe subconsciously they thought, oh, I'm never going to get caught or maybe they just like, just were so like, we're never going to get caught. Like no one's ever going to catch us even because they're going to move out. They both moved. No one knew we were pregnant. No one knew we even had a kid. Yeah. I mean, there was speculation and the family thought maybe, but there was no proof. And they said that there was no one that ever really commented on the fact that like she was, they just thought that potentially she was back in November. Yeah. That's insane. And this case had such big headliners because it even caught the attention of the Nancy Grace show and you can go back and on the online and see how Nancy Grace believes that this case should have been handled um we're not going to get into any of that but you can definitely look that up because this was a very sensational case at the time and the whole reason I even wanted to cover this case was because I remember being young and watching the news with my grandma and it showed up on WTOL on like the news the nightly news and I was like oh my god and my grandma's like she we I just remember being traumatized by it yeah so I can't even imagine how um Miss Irene Gonzalez who found this child felt so she's probably never ever ever gonna forget it because I wasn't even there and I just heard about it and I've never forgotten that's why I wanted this to be one of the first cases I ever covered yeah I never even heard of it because I'm originally from Michigan I moved here in sixth grade and I don't know I just never heard of it and so coming across it I was mind blown and I just couldn't believe that someone would do that to their own kid. Yeah, I mean, there's adoption, there's many, many other opportunities that they could have, many other avenues, I guess I could say, that they could have taken because there's so many people in this world that want to have children that can't, and yep. they would have loved to have a brand new baby boy in Exactly. And not only that, but out of the, at the end of the day, there's no excuse for what they did. Yeah. They knew what they did. They planned on what they did. And then they continued to live their lives with that child. In their freezer. In their freezer. And then left it behind. Yeah, as if it never even existed. And while researching this case, we came across another one that was sort of related, but it also includes another infant in a freezer. And this one is not going to be as... um, I guess suspicious. I mean, I mean, it's definitely it's very open ended, but we'll we'll get into that. So when researching the Toledo case, we came across a St. Louis, Missouri case. There is a man named Adam Smith, and he moves in with his mother because she has a single cell lung cancer. She's very unwell, so he moves in. He's taking care of his mother, and. On a hot July Saturday night, one week after Barbara Smith passes, he's cleaning out her freezer and he sees a box that he's like, 
This has been in my freezer my entire childhood. Every time I bring this up, and he has mentioned, his mother would just not talk about it, and if he would ask her about it, she would cut the conversation off so quickly. So his entire childhood, he believed that there was a wedding cake topper in this box, mm. which <laughs> wedding cake toppers to me aren't that huge, but like, I mean, maybe. Um, depending, I Depending guess. on how big this wedding cake was. But he goes into this and he's thinking, well, she's not here to tell me I can't open this box. So let's open this box up. And he opens up the box. And before he even does it, he texts his sister and his aunt. And they're joking around saying, maybe there's money in it. Maybe she's been hiding something in there all these years. But he specifically remembers this box coming with him every place he moved opens the box up and immediately sees pink fleece and then he sees hair and he can tell immediately that this is a, a baby. A shocking discovery inside the freezer of an apartment in South St. Louis. The body of an infant was found by a man who was living there. And oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, so you're, you're, your mother just passes and now you're handling all of this. Mm -hmm. So after that happens, um, he calls the police immediately and like this is this is very open-ended because the star witness she has passed of cancer after adam smith realizes all of this is going on he starts to think back to his childhood and he realizes that his mother had spoke of a child that was potentially named jennifer so that is one of the things that we found when we were doing research on this case that she had a baby that was named jennifer we don't know what happened to jennifer she never really spoke of it mm. so weird. yeah it's very weird and he remembers that, like, so Adam Smith is 37 when he finds this box. This mm. baby has been in the freezer for, at minimum, they're guessing around 40 to 46 years. Oh, my gosh. So 46 years, she has been carrying this baby with her every place she's moved. And from what he has reported, that he didn't grow up with, like, this lavish lifestyle. He didn't have the best childhood, but he doesn't speak very highly about how his mother raised him during his uh, developmental years. Um, he said when he was getting into his teenage years, his mother wasn't really around him. She started going out to bars and hanging out with her boyfriends and like-minded people that were always in and out of a bar. And those are like the fundamental development times of a child. So like she's not there. And for whatever reason, his father really wasn't in the picture either. So from my take on it is maybe she had the baby. It was a stillborn or there was an accident because if she did this and she murdered her child, why would she bring this baby with her everywhere she's going? I think what has happened is like there was an accident or it was a stillbirth and she was like, I don't have the money to bury this child or I don't know what to do. I'm young. Like this happened before he was born. So she's in her twenties and wondering, okay, I have this baby. I don't know what to do. And from other reports is she's had two pregnancies while Adam was in her care that she, no one knew about, like even her family where she was like talking to them and she just hid this pregnancy. She had two of them, and she put both of these children up for adoption. Oh. Yeah. So when Barbara passes, he does the 23andMe DNA test and finds out he has two biological siblings. Oh, my gosh. So That's seriously crazy. Right. So he's, like, he's like unearthing all of these family secrets that he didn't know that even existed until, obviously, his mother passes mm -hmm. because he said she never talked about anything. So she took— Do you know if he found out— like, it, does he talk to these 
siblings so that was what the silver lining that i found in this case is while yes that barbara has passed and he did find this traumatic incident like he he's probably traumatized i would oh, be yeah. if i found my mom had someone in her freezer mm-hmm. um so the silver lining is he did find out he has two siblings he didn't know he had they have met and they ended up um like they have a relationship now like they talk wow that's amazing and the one daughter even came to her funeral and she had like a sit down with adam and they they talked about their life and their differences and things like that because they both the girls knew that they were put up for adoption he didn't even know they existed so that's why he ended up doing the 23 and me yeah. because he was like well my mom has this secret what else is she, she hiding? hiding yeah exactly to me it's like yes this case it's pending there's there's no additional information because like i said the star witness has passed and she's a very private person from everything that's reported even her son has said in interviews that like she just did not talk about certain things mm-hmm. so that's one thing that like if you do have information, if you know anything, I know it's a long shot because, I mean, whoever would have the information is probably upwards in their 50s. So it would well, have... it could be a nurse. It could be a doctor. Like That's true. Like, we don't know, but there's no record of this baby that she had. Yeah, so she probably had it at home. At home. So that's the mystery of this entire case. Yeah, and, like, how do you have a baby in your house? And this, he, the baby was born before... Yeah, but see, the thing is, is like the coroner has never released information about this baby because it's still a pending case. We do not believe that anything malicious happened because why, like, why would she just take this baby with her everywhere? The baby was in the freezer for 40 to 46 years. So they'd have to let the child thaw and then go in through the autopsy. And after all that time, like, what who knows what what are you going to find? And since they're not releasing anything, it's like they may never because it is pending. Yeah. Well, and who knows, when did she freeze the baby? Was it right after the death? Was right. It right. You know, like... Like, we don't, we don't know. know. We don't know if this was, like, a sudden infant death syn- syndrome, like, stillborn, like, if there was an accident. It's very hard for a body being in a freezer for 40 to 46 years that, to, that that's still, like, the undetermined how long exactly it was in. You know, it is also very interesting to think, though, with something frozen, if anyone has moved multiple times, which I have... When you're moving food, it thaws out a little, and then you have to refreeze it. So I'm sure there's evidence lost in and out of that because of the times they moved. Exactly. Like, that box was never going to stay fully frozen. And even if if it did, like, freezers have different freezing temperatures, you know? Exactly. So there's things that are lost and like i said like this is a pending investigation we're never going to know the true ins and outs unless she did tell someone which like it's very hard for me to wrap around my in my brain that no one knew about it i mean people can be very private but like it's very hard for women that are pregnant if they know that they're pregnant or even if they don't like you're hormonal like someone usually is like you know you're pregnant and you're like are you sure you're not pregnant like someone might have known and I mean, even to this day, like, if you know something, just let the Crime Stoppers of St. Louis know, like, even if you don't think it's that important, because that might be, like, one of those things where it's, like, it is an open investigation at this time, but, like I said, they don't really know if it was a homicide, because when you're moving, things thaw and unthaw, and it's, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what was lost, and, like I said, Star Witness is not there to comment. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty insane to think that for 40 or more years that she kept that a secret when people our natural instinct is to talk to someone about something 
And when we bottle something up for X amount of years, there's just no way. There's no way. She's had to have said something to someone. Yeah, someone knows something. And even if they don't think that they do, it's like little tiny details that you brush off or you put in the back of your mind that you may not know that you know. Exactly. It was a very small child, but they can't really, like, they don't really know. They don't really know too much because, I mean, everyone involved has either passed away or, or not didn't talking, know about it. Or didn't know about it. That is wild. And I just can't imagine coming in and then realizing, oh, here's one of my siblings that is unfortunately an baby, infant, whatever the age may be. And it be. has been in the freezer my entire childhood. Life. I didn't even know. Yeah. And then here's another two siblings that I didn't know my entire life. And I mean, gratefully, he found them now and he can talk to them. But that's just so much time missed. Right. That's just to me, like, and I'm sure for him as well, like, you're just thinking, what else is there? What's coming next? What am I going to find out later on? Yeah. And not only that, but there could be more siblings. Because they're only going to match people that have that also... That have taken the DNA test. Yes. Yeah. So, unfortunately, he wouldn't know unless... Well, and so I, from the reports that I've read, the adoption agency said that she had two. It takes a very strong person to put two children up for adoption. And if that was her route with them, I don't believe that she would have just been like, well, I'm just going to, you know, get rid of one of them. Yeah. And then carry it with me everywhere I go. I think that weighed heavy. And he said that towards the end, she was very angry. She's mourning. And like every time you open your freezer, you have that reminder. I can't say because I don't know her. We can't ask her this. But it's like she's angry because she's mourning. She's probably not happy with how everything turned out. Yeah, and then her to whole have life that turned out. Yeah, that, to have that reminder. And so the community there again, they also brought money together and had that baby a proper burial. You see like everyone in a community just come together. They mm -hmm. see these little babies that may not have had like the proper way. And I feel like people always have a soft spot for young children. I agree. And I also wanted to speak about as well as like people, when we were talking about other alternatives, when we talked about the Cervanti case, there are um, safe haven laws where in 50 states, all 50 states, that you can drop off your child at a church, at a hospital, at a police station, at a fire station, and you can take your child there and there's no repercussions if it's an infant. Like you can do those things and you, there's, there's other alternatives. There's even some states trying out those boxes i don't know if you've heard of those mm -hmm. where they're uh controlled with heaters slash or air conditioners depending on the time of the year and it's literally a box you drop your kid in it and the second something is on that it notifies the local police or the local fire department and then it's kind of so you can go there it's anonymous yeah and then do, no one has to know right and it's better like that actually is so good because it's like okay well you anonymously want to drop off this infant this newborn baby whatever your reasoning is behind it it's cold well now you have a heater or it's hot so you have an air conditioner there's other like there is other alternatives and i love that i love mm -hmm. that idea yeah because i know a few states in the u.s are starting to try them out and then i think eventually once they realize they are successful that They'll, they'll be more, they'll, yeah, they'll be expanded. Um, we'll have links below for uh, if you need hotlines, if you need to talk, if you know of someone that has been abusing a child, we're going to be linking all of those links and numbers below. So that way, if you do believe that you need help or if you know someone that does, those numbers are going to be available to you right off of this podcast that you can link and click and get the information below. If you have any information on the St. Louis case, please contact Crime Stoppers of the St. Louis area. We'll have the number linked below. We invite you to join us next week when we'll be discussing an open case right here in Ohio. We will be releasing our episodes on Tuesday of every week. 
So hopefully you guys like this and you join us next week.